Welcome to this week's Manor House message. We are grateful you are listening with us today. It is our prayer that you will receive a fresh word from God and find encouragement for every season of your journey. Let's listen to this message from Pastor Dylan. Uh, welcome to church. Here we go. Uh, my name's Dylan. Kiss and I are uh, the campus pastors here, and uh, we're still figuring that out. And so give us grace. Make sure if we don't know you, introduce yourself. And uh, uh, there's a lot of us that are maybe looking a little bit thinner in this season of prayer and fasting, myself included. Um, you don't have to say anything. I'm already confident about it. And uh, that's funny. Um, but uh, man, what a great season that we're in. Anybody else, you kind of get into prayer and fasting. It's one of those kind of seasons that you kind of have some resistance. But on the other side, there's so many benefits. It's amazing how when January rolls around and God's asking us to press into some areas, isn't it amazing that when, when we make space for God, that, that He's faithful to fill it, that, that our responsibility is to make room. If we make room, He'll, he'll step into that room. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. It's like the ocean. You go digging a, a hole in the ocean, in the sand, and you begin to create some space. It's amazing that water begins to fill up. And so uh, just a couple of practical things before we jump into the message. As you head out, we've got a couple of prayer guides. If you're new to prayer and fasting or you, you're kind of new on this journey of what that looks like, We've got a prayer guide, uh, seek first with some instructions and prayer things that you can be writing down, praying for. And uh, hopefully by the end of this series, we kind of have a fresh passion for prayer as well as our children's ministry, I think put together one of the best prayer guides. If you've got kids, my wife and I have been doing with this with our kids and it's awesome. Like my kids are going through it and we're praying at the dinner table and it's just a great tool um, to help our children connect and focus on God. And so we're going to jump into it this morning. And before we do, if you're online, welcome. Um, I really feel something prophetic for our church in this season. And uh, even during pre-service prayer this morning at 8.30 when we pray for you, um, I feel like God's been pressing on my heart that this church that we're a part of, um, we've had a privilege that this church was not just built by people that were obedient with their finances, that the seats that we're sitting in, there's people from the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, the Bible Temple days, the City Bible Church days, the Hallow, the Manor House days. But, but this church has been built on prayer. This church is a house of prayer. This church is hungry for God to move and you can't have God move without prayer. And if I could press us just a little bit, if I could just step in, if you're new to Manor House or this environment is a little bit new, prayer tonight, prayer Sunday mornings, Press in because it's amazing what God wants to do. And I just feel like God is wanting to do something in our church, that He's wanting to breathe, that He's wanting to refresh, that He's wanting to do the miraculous. And our job is to simply make room for Him. Can I hear an amen? And so with that, we're gonna continue on our series this morning. We're gonna go through a fairly famous uh, uh, scripture. Um, whether you're a believer or you're new to this Jesus, you're on a spiritual journey. Most of us have probably have at least read this or heard of this passage before called the Lord's Prayer. So if you have your Bibles, turn me to Matthew chapter six, verse nine. Matthew chapter six, verse nine. And uh, I'll read it, you follow along with me. And this is what it says. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sin, your Father will not forgive 
your sins. Famous passage. And um, we've been going through the Lord's Prayer line by line. There's a couple of things that I, like I find that are interesting about the Lord's Prayer. Did you notice at the very beginning that Jesus didn't start it like this? Hey, if you pray. Nobody else? Hey, you know, if, you, if you're feeling prayer, you know. No, he makes a, a pretty simple statement. He says, when you pray. That, that there's almost this command, there's this tie that can you truly have a relationship with God without prayer? It's not a if you pray, it's a when you pray. Just like I can't have a relationship with Kiss and if we never have a conversation, Jesus says this, it says this, hey, if you've, if you've made Jesus Lord of your life, when you pray, when you pray, this is how we pray and, and, and not one to be condemning. Um, I think if we go across this room, if I was to make this statement, hey, you should pray more. <laughs> I think everybody in this room would be like, I, sh I should pray more. Like, I don't care if you're new to Jesus or you've been walking with Jesus your entire life. Hey, you should pray more. You got me, you know, you, you do, you got me, I should pray. Like no one here is gonna stand up and say, Dylan, I, I, pray, I pray too much. Like no one here is gonna stand up and say, God's, God's kind of sick of me, you know? Like he's, I've rubbed him the wrong way. I've kind of been annoying him. Like, like, can we just put that aside for a second? Like none of us have like made it or arrived. Like we all should commune with God even more. And so if that is what God is asking of us, if we all recognise, like I should probably step into this a little bit more. What is prayer? Because I think there's this notion that prayer is us just simply talking to God. God, I need you today. Please help me. The election's coming up. I got finals, you know. I got, got a job interview. I got some pressures at work. But, that, but that's not necessarily prayer. That's an aspect of prayer. But, but, but prayer is us not just talking to God. How many of you know it's very important that prayer is us also receiving from God? That, that for a relationship to take place, monologues aren't necessary. Dialogues are. And when it comes to prayer, I think so oftentimes, if you're in this room, it's like, well, God doesn't talk to me. Prayer, the best analogy that I have for prayer is, is prayer is like a radio station. Remember your first car when you jumped in and you had to dial the radio to tune in? Like, like if you were to jump into your car and turn on the radio and you're listening to your favorite radio station, K-Love, it's mine. And, um, and, uh, and, you, and you turn on the radio and you don't hear the radio the music come through, do you make the assumption that there's something wrong with K-Love? When you don't hear something, do you make the assumption, man, the radio tower must have fallen down? No, that, that, no that's not our assumption. Our, our assumption is there must be something wrong with the receiving unit because even right now, there's a radio signal going out. You just can't hear it. Even right now, there's things that are being sent to you. You just can't understand it. And so when it comes to prayer, could it be that his thoughts towards us are like sand on the seashore? Could the problem not be on God's end? Could the problem be just on our end where we need to just pause long enough to say, God, I'm gonna tune into what you have to say for me. God, you feel distant, but it might not be you. It might be me. God, I haven't heard from you a while, but it's probably not you. I just need to dial in to the right frequency because prayer is not me just talking to God, not just talking at God. God, I need you to talk to me. And so when we pray, not if, but when, Jesus said this. He says, our Father in heaven. We talked about it last week. Our Father in heaven. Could it be that that first line helps us come to prayer with the right posture? Because not once when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, did they ever repeat this prayer? It's amazing. Jesus said, hey, this is how you should pray. Not once does Peter get up in the book of Acts and he says, hey, all you people, 
our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be, like he doesn't do it. Like Paul never writes to a church, like in you know, Galatia. He's not like, dear, to the church in Galatia, I'm praying for you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom. Like, like the Lord's prayer, could it be that it's more than just, it's, it's not just a prayer that we're supposed to recite. It's more than, it's not just something that we're supposed to memorize. Could it be that it's a pattern? Our Father, last week we talked about our Father, that God wants us to come to him relationally but he's in heaven. God, you're above and I'm not. Could it be that God wants us to approach prayer relationally, but also humbly, boldly, but recognizing where authority comes from? And today I wanna focus on the second line. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Here we go. This is what we're gonna focus on this morning. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If the first line is about the right posture, could it be that this line is how we progress? If the first line is about our posture of prayer, this, this second line is how do we progress in the kingdom of God? And so if you're taking down notes, just a couple of overarching ideas for us this morning. What is God's kingdom? What is God's kingdom? Resistance to his kingdom and the result of God's kingdom. If you're taking down notes, I know this is a mouthful, but the title of this message is this, the kingdom that requires the discipline of death to self. The kingdom that requires the discipline of death to self. Could we pray that God's gonna speak to all of us front to back, left to right, whether we've been walking with Jesus a long time or a short time, come on. Let's invite Jesus to speak to us today. Father, we thank you for your word. Jesus, we thank you that, God, you just didn't tell us what to do. You demonstrated it, you lived it. And Jesus, I pray as we pray that it wouldn't be so much me speaking, God, but it's us listening. God, it wouldn't be, God, it wouldn't be so much my words, but Holy Spirit, that you'd speak to the heart of every person here in this room. God, we do want your kingdom to come. God, we do want on earth as it is in heaven. God, that is a promise. And God, our prayer is that heaven would invade earth this morning. God, those that are God, I pray those that are this morning hurting, God, I pray that they taste heaven. God, I pray this morning, those that are distant, let them taste heaven. God, I pray for those, God, this morning, some of us here that might be dry, let us taste heaven. God, today, we wanna experience what heaven has to offer. God, we ask these things in your mighty name and everybody said, amen. amen. When we read the gospels, did you notice that Jesus mentions his kingdom a lot? That, that he talks about the kingdom of God, the, the, the kingdom of heaven. In fact, let me throw up a slide. Like he, he, he talks through the kingdom of lot, uh, the kingdom a lot, Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom. Matthew 4, verse 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come. Luke 10, verse 9, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Jesus talks a lot about the kingdom. But like, what, what is God's kingdom? Like, like what, what is the kingdom what, what does that even, like it seems so ethereal. It seems so kind of like out in the atmosphere. What is, what is God's kingdom? I've got a couple confessions to make. It's probably part of what I have to do when I get the microphone and talk to you. Um, but I, one of my problems that I, I realize is that I, I have a challenge when it comes to this area called control. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. My wife's working on me. She's, got, she's progressed a little bit, but hey, <laughs> we got a lifetime. She's, she's got to work. I, I have a control issue. I'm just gonna be very honest with you. If you work with me, they're laughing because there's certain things I just like 
a certain way. I want to be in control. Like if there's music, I want to control the music because the music makes the atmosphere and I want that atmosphere to be fun. Hello, yeah, I'm a seven. You're welcome. Okay, here we go. Keep moving. It's like, like I want, like this, this is just how I want, I want things done. A a, a couple um, months ago, uh, last year, I think, I was preaching at a camp down at um, Yosemite National Park and um, and I was preaching late Saturday night. I got done at uh, about 11 p.m. and I had to drive to San Francisco to catch a 6 a.m. flight Sunday morning. So got done preaching at 11 p.m. Saturday night and I had to drive five, six hours to catch a 6 a.m. flight. And so I had a leader with me and my leader said to me, hey, Dylan, you've been preaching, it's 11 p.m. Do you want me to drive so you can get a little bit of rest? And as much as I wanted to do that, I had another issue called, called control. Hey, I appreciate that. I just don't want to fall asleep and wake up being face-to-face with Jesus saying, hey, welcome home. I just, I have a problem. Okay, I get it. I know, okay? Like, I, I just, I want to be in control. I want my hands on the wheel. I want to go as fast and as slow as I need to, you know? Like, I, I, want, to, I want the music to be plugged into my device. I want, I, because this is, I just, because what happens when something is under my control? The reason why I want it under my control is because it responds to my will. The reason why I want something under my control is because that vehicle responds to my will. That that when it comes to God's kingdom, what is God's kingdom? Could it be that God's kingdom is simply this, a place or an area that responds to His will? Could it be that God's kingdom, Jesus' kingdom, the the kingdom is where the king has domain, where, where the king rules and reigns. We can throw that slide up. Could it be that Jesus's kingdom, a kingdom, God's kingdom is simply where he rules and reigns. And when Jesus showed up on the scene, the disciples didn't have 2000 years of church history to look back on. They were confronted with something because Jesus's kingdom looks a lot different than what I was anticipating. People were expecting God's kingdom to be a geographical area that God, you're gonna reinstate your kingdom like like in the heyday with David and Solomon. You're gonna rule over a certain locale and God's kingdom where he rules and reigns is gonna be geographical. God, your kingdom is gonna be a political party where the Roman Empire is. God, you're you're the Messiah. You're gonna rule and reign the known world and, and you're gonna rule the political party. And Jesus didn't meet their expectation. Jesus, you're coming back for an ethnicity. You're gonna rule a certain people group. But can I propose this thought to you that God's vision was just a little bit bigger? Because what do all those things have in common? To, to rule a geographical area, it, it requires some people to execute it. Well, to, to rule a political party, what, what does it have in common? That, that, that there's people in the party. For, for you to rule an ethnicity, that there's people that make up that, ed, that ethnicity. Could it be that God's goal was a little bit bigger than us because he recognized if I could rule people, then I can rule a geographical area. If I could rule people's hearts, then I can get the locale. If I can rule people, then I can get the party. If I can get the hearts of people to respond to my will, I can rule the political system. If I can rule, if I can rule all people, not just a people, I want to rule all people. God's kingdom is where He rules people's hearts and minds, where He has full control to do His will. That is what God was after. His vision was bigger than anybody anticipated. But do you find the conundrum that we face ourselves in now? Because if God's kingdom is where He simply rules and reigns, what's the resistance to His kingdom? 
What stops Jesus from ruling and reigning in the 18th century? There was a newspaper that put out an ad and it, and it said this, what is wrong with the world? What's wrong with the world? G.K. Chesterton, who was a contemporary of C.S. Lewis, he, he wrote back a simple letter. He said, dear sirs, I am yours truly, G.K. Chesterton. You see, the problem with God's kingdom, the problem, the challenge that we find ourselves in, have you noticed, is that for God to rule and reign, that means that you and I have to submit to something. For your kingdom to come, God, for your dominion to rule and reign, what that requires is your will to be done. Anybody else challenged with this? Just me? Anybody else realize the conundrum we face? Jesus, for you to rule, for you, it means your will has to be done. It's, it means my will has to subside. But, but I have a problem because just like you, I'm a human being. I like control. I, I like to do things the way that I like to do them. At the end of my life, some of us want to get up and be able to sing, I did it my way. But, but can we just pause it for a moment and let's just think seriously about this, that if God's kingdom is where his rule is executed, where he has control, where he has dominion, then, then and the challenge, the problem with God's kingdom is your and I will, can we just pause it for a moment and think about what are the real restrictions and limitations to your will? Have you thought about this for a moment? That when it comes to my will, when it comes to what I wanna rule over, there are some serious restrictions to my will. Let's think about it for a moment. There are some serious restrictions to my will called discipline, that I might be more disciplined than somebody else, that, that I, might, I might have more discipline in place, that I might be able to exercise on the outside, it might look a little bit better, but there might be some things that I can't fix on my own, that there's some limitations to my disciplines. Like my addiction might not be a substance like somebody here maybe, but my addiction might be to a selfie, that it might not be a physical toll, but there's definitely a spiritual toll. That, that when it comes to my will, that, that if I was to be honest, there are some serious restrictions to what Dylan can do. Like Paul said, the things that I wanna do, I don't do. Anybody else have this conundrum? Like, hey, I can't, I'm, I'm a loving person. Until somebody frustrates you on the freeway. Well, that's not me. Well, it was. Anybody else, if you're honest, realize the inability of your, will, that there's certain things, sure, I can change, but there were some things in my life that I couldn't change when it came to my thought process, how I was pharisaical in my thinking, how I was judgmental. I knew it was wrong, but how do I change that? And it was through prayer and fasting that God began to do some things in me that I couldn't do, that when it comes to our power, have you recognized there's a limitation to your power? Our society doesn't like this because if you believe it, you can achieve it, right? But that's not actually true, that there's a limitation to our power. Well, I'm a self-made person. Well, how self-made really are we? Like, yeah, we work really hard, but did you choose the family that we were, you were born into? Well, we all know the statistics that the family you're born into has a lot to do with the privileges or lack of privileges you get. What about the country you're born into? No, I didn't choose the country I was born into and neither did you. Do you think that didn't have a factor on 
who we are today. Well, I was disciplined and I'm self-made. I didn't choose the century I was born into. If I was born into the 13th century in Tibet, I can tell you, it doesn't matter how hard and good my work ethic was. I'd be facing some challenges that when it comes to my discipline, when it comes to my authority, when it comes to my will, if we were just to stop for a moment and get out of the cloud of what society is feeding us, have you recognized the limitations to your will? In fact, have you noticed what causes us to pray really good? Is when we're confronted with our limitations. Hey, I studied for a test, but when I came, this was what I was studying for, God. I, I really need you to show up. Let me get a little bit more personal. When, when I'm facing a health challenge where there's a limitation on what Western, Western medicine can do, God, I, I need your intervention. That, there's a real challenge when, when somebody's not responding the way that they need to and my willpower, my power can't control them. A child that doesn't wanna seek the Lord. God, there's a limitation to what I can do and I begin to pray a little bit more because I need something that's more superior. I need something that's greater than my will. I need His will because Jesus said this, for my kingdom to come, for me to rule and have dominion, this is what we pray your will be done. In fact, I, I, I actually, let me just rephrase it like this. Could it be when Jesus said, when you pray, and not once do we see them recite this prayer, could it be that when you pray, you can't help but be praying his will? Could it be that when you pray, the act of praying, causes your will to submit to His will. It's not, God, I'm praying your will. When I pray, God, when I'm listening, I can't help but for your will to begin to download to me so that I become less, so that you can become more. Could it be the very act of praying is what causes you to connect to a God whose will, whose power is greater than your own? It's the, the discipline of prayer is the discipline of death to self. The, the discipline of prayer is the discipline that the more I pray, I can't help but see God's will be done. When I pray, it, I can't help myself but becoming less. When I pray about that argument, I can't help but begin to hear God's voice. This is how you respond, not how your feelings wanna respond. When I pray, God, I need your intervention and I begin to hear the whispers of heaven, my will has to subside. In fact, the discipline of prayer, can I just put this definition on the screen? This is probably the best definition of discipline that, that I've come across, and hopefully it's on the slide. But this is what discipline is. Help me out. Here we go. Discipline is any activity I can do by direct effort that will eventually enable me to do that which currently I cannot do by direct effort. Here we go. Nope. Here we go. It's, this one here is good. A discipline is any activity I can do by direct effort that will eventually enable me to do that which I currently cannot do by direct effort. Can we put this slide on the screen? That would be great. A discipline is any activity I can do by direct effort that will eventually enable me to do that which I currently cannot do by direct effort. Right now, you might not be able to bench press your body weight like me. Okay, I get it. <laughs> but if I discipline myself and I, discipline and, I, and I bench press 50 pounds now, 
what happens? Eventually, I begin to access power and I begin to do something that I couldn't do on my own. That, that could it be that discipline is access to power? When it comes to a spiritual discipline, could it be that prayer doesn't make me more powerful, but could it be that prayer just simply makes more room for His power? Could it be the discipline of prayer, the discipline of dying to myself, the more I say, God, your will be done, the discipline of me beginning to subside so He becomes greater, I begin to access power that's not available to myself on my own, that when it comes to, when it comes to an area, maybe it's in the area of like a sin or a habit, no matter how hard I try, I can't beat this on my own, but as I begin to discipline myself in prayer, God, your will be done, you begin to break things off of my life that I can't break off on my own, as you begin to increase, I begin to decrease when it comes to my marriage, that when it comes to how I usually respond and I don't wanna see myself respond this way, as I pray, Your will be done. As I begin to pray for my spouse, God, Your power begins to reside in me and I begin to experience peace and not hostility that when it comes to a person that I can't control, when I begin to pray, God, I'm accessing something I could never do on my own. I'm not becoming more powerful. I'm tapping into a power that is greater than my own. And this is the result of this kind of prayer. And we're gonna do this today. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What is the promise on earth as it is in heaven? On earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, when your kingdom comes because your will is being done, heaven begins to invade earth. When you, for God's kingdom to come, not my will, but your will, what do we see? We begin to see heaven invade earth. We begin to experience heaven here on earth the way it was supposed to. Genesis in the Garden of Eden, this is what heaven on earth was supposed to look like. I think sometimes as Christians, we can get it wrong. We think God comes to us to get to heaven. No, God comes to you so He can get heaven to you. Can we throw up a slide that there's scriptures that, that, hey, this is what heaven looks like. That when I begin to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. This is what heaven begins to look like. In heaven, in heaven there's wholeness. In, he in heaven, there's no crying. He wipes away tears. In heaven, here we go, there's wholeness, soul and spirit. Our citizenship is in heaven. From it, we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body in heaven. There's wholeness, spirit and soul that when I'm in heaven, an area that is operating under His will, there's no angst, there's no depression, there's, 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 there's wholeness, soul and body in heaven. What do we find in heaven? We find peace. There's no conflict. Here we go, the wolf will dwell with the lamb. The calf and the young lion, the little child will lead them in, in heaven. In heaven, there's perfect peace. How many of you know our world needs heaven right now? Our world needs heaven. We, we, we don't just need to pray for world peace. How do you get world peace? It's not just inner peace, it's meeting the Prince of Peace. God, if I wanna see peace on earth, then God, would you bring peace to my anxiety? Would you bring peace to the conflict that goes on in my head? God, I need a touch of heaven right now. And so God, I'm gonna pray Your will, Your kingdom come. When it comes to heaven, there's satisfaction, there's fullness of joy. 
God, right now I'm not satisfied. I feel like something's missing, but a taste of heaven where the King rules and has dominion. God, I'm gonna get everything that you have for me. We're gonna wrap up. Jesus said, this is how you pray. Isn't it amazing that Jesus said, this is how you pray and here's the promise, heaven on earth, and yet He didn't get it. The garden of Gethsemane, you know the story, it says that Jesus knelt down and what did He pray? He says, God, if you could take this cup from me, I don't wanna do it, but not my will. What? Your will. What came Jesus' way wasn't heaven. Jesus said, hey, I'm praying your will be done. He didn't experience wholeness. He was beaten beyond recognition. Jesus on the cross, He says, your will. It says that he cried out. That, that word is not just cry. We, we kind of think of it kind of as like a noble cry. No, it was a shriek. Father, why have you forsaken me? The, the angst of separation. Jesus, he prayed, God, your will be done. He didn't taste heaven, but he experienced hell. Why would Jesus do this? Because what he promised for you and me, he took. He said, hey, you know what? I'm gonna live a life. I'm gonna be perfect. I'm gonna be blameless so that you can experience heaven while I taste your hell. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take on the, the challenge. I'll take on the addiction. I'll... I'll take, I'll take on what hell looks like so you can taste what heaven's supposed to. Jesus prayed, your will be done, but He didn't get what was promised so that you could get what was promised, so that you and I could experience heaven here on earth today. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here today, we're gonna turn this place into a house of prayer because I don't know about you, I need more of His kingdom. If you're here today and you'd say, Dylan, if, if I'm honest, Jesus doesn't rule and reign. Dylan, if I'm honest, I walked in with an addiction I can't fix. I walked in with a serious limitation to my power and my will, and I can't fix myself. I've got good news. You're stepping into an environment. There's somebody who's greater than your power. There's somebody greater than your will. There's somebody who's able to turn your situation around. Dylan, I'm not satisfied. Dylan, I, I, I'm running from God. I need an encounter with Jesus. If you're here this morning and you say, Dylan, 2020, I need Jesus in my life. I need to give my life to Him. I've been running, but I need to return. Would you just raise your hand right where you're at right now? And I want you to just put your hand up. We're gonna pray for you. There's a hand down here. Keep your hand up. Our service host just wanna put something in your hand. Just keep your hand up just for a, just a 30 seconds. Let me just see it. No one else has to see it, but we're gonna pray with you. Come on, awesome. Awesome, anybody else? You just slip your hand up. Awesome, another one in the back, anybody else? Say, I need Jesus to encounter me. How about this? Maybe you've been walking with Jesus a long time, but if you're anything like me, I'm challenged. God, I'm finding there's an area where it's not your will, but it's still my will. Any follower of Jesus here today, if you're to be honest this morning, the Holy Spirit's saying, yeah, you've given me some areas, but there's an area where I want your whole will. Would you raise your hand with me saying, Dylan, here's an area where I'm giving God complete control. Come on, hands going all up, all up. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray for a couple things this morning. Church, we're gonna pray for salvation and surrender, but then we're gonna pray for heaven to invade earth. Is that okay? Can we do that? Can we pray for the King to rule and reign this morning? Would you stand to your feet? I'm gonna pray this prayer and we're gonna go into altars. Come on, here we go. Would you put your hand on your heart front to the back? 
there was a couple people that raised their hand and said, I need Jesus. If you raise your hand, we're all gonna pray this prayer. We're all gonna surrender once more. Would you pray along with me, church? Hands on our heart, Jesus right now. Come on, now let's say it like we mean it. Jesus right now, I surrender to You. I surrender my will for Your will. I want Your kingdom, Your rule, Your reign in my life. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Jesus, I'm coming to You. Make me whole once more. I give You my life in Your mighty Name. Amen. Come on, right now, Jesus, all across this auditorium. God, we're praying Your will be done. God, right now with hands raised. God, once more right now, God, we're surrendering. God, right now we're coming to You. We're gonna turn this house into a house of prayer. God, we're praying, God, Your will be done. God, we're praying Your kingdom come. God, on earth as it is in heaven, God, I pray that we would decrease so You would increase. God, we're praying that Your kingdom would come. God, we'd get out of the way so that there'd be room for You. God, we're accessing a power, not our own, but a power that's from the heavenlies, a power that's omnipotent, a power that's beyond our ability. God, we give You all the praise. We give You all the glory. Come on, we're gonna sing together, church. Here we go. Thank you for listening to another Mana House message. Our hope is that you find fresh bread for your journey each time you join us here. Until next time.